tonight on Access TV. It's Gotham Comedy Live. Get ready to laugh with Monty Franklin, Regina DeChico, Don McHenry, Rick Younger. This week's host, Paul Rodriguez. Gotham Comedy Live, all happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Rodriguez! Hey, hey. For real? Hey. <laughs> Thank you very much. We are live in the center of the universe of comedy, right here at the Gotham Comedy. We are live. Did I say we're live? We're live. Anything could happen. Some other shows say they're live, but we're not sure. We know we're live, right? Have you ever been live before? Okay, yes, you have been live before. All right, well, we're live now, right here. I don't know, for all we know, I'm probably watching myself right now, eating Cheetos, which is how I usually do. But uh, I am excited, man. This is National Hispanic Heritage half a month, I think. Uh, no, no, because we get like the first two weeks of September, the last two weeks of October. I get confused because... Uh, it's the same month as National Breast uh, Awareness, ca Breast Cancer Awareness. I'm, I'm always aware of breasts, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we combine those two and we got a very special month. You know, uh, first, first Hispanic in the White House this month. I'm excited. He got arrested. Uh, he, uh, Omar Gonzalez, right? They said, well, well, what are you doing here in the living room? Uh, I don't know, uh, the door was open, you know. Uh, I'm the gardener, I get keys to every door. Uh, you know, I think uh, President Obama ought to get a whole team, you know, the, the security, come on, security. They've been in trouble before, remember when they went to Columbia and didn't pay a hooker $200, which is really cheap, you know, they're representing us, you know, you should have tipped, you know. You, you get anything from a Colombian, you better pay. Now, everybody knows that. Apparently security doesn't. Uh, I've seen the president age right before our eyes. Am I right? The security, you'd be worried too. Some dude named Gonzalez walks into your bedroom. You know, I wouldn't be able to sleep. They fired the, uh, the lady in charge of the security. Uh, I think they should have hired Omar because uh, if this dude knows how to break in, he knows others who, uh, <laughs> right, uh, who might want to break in also. I, uh, I, of course, I shop very exclusive place. I shop at a place called Forever 51. It's not the... <laughs> Much ordinary store. Uh, you got to be 51 or, or better, which which I am. You know, I'm I'm about to be 60 years old, and I am definitely not recommending it. You know, uh, people. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to date women my own age. Uh, it's not easy. I've, I've broken so many hips lately, but uh, I keep at it. I uh, I just I had to go get uh, you know something I'd never done before. I had to get my prostate check, and that's really really uncomfortable, you know, because uh, uh, I'm butt naked, like, uh, let me show exactly how the doctor did it. I'm, I'm like this, and there's a guy behind me with something about this big, and uh, he puts it right in the center of my existence, and I jump. I said, hey, warm it up, man. It's cold down there, you know. Put it under your arm, blow on it. I don't care what you do. You know, I got Obamacare, I told him. He said, oh. I said, you got Obamacare. I said, you damn right I got Obamacare. He said, in that case, stick a figure up your own ass. Apparently, he's, uh, he's not happy with the plan, but uh, he pushed, and it, it wouldn't go in, so he asked the Filipino nurse to help him, and they're pushing me and the chair across the room till I said, uh, 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 why don't you use some lubricant or something? And he said he couldn't do that because it might affect the results, and I said, well, let me help you out because I, everybody knows... That's God's lube, right? I mean, you know, that's, it's your own cells. They'll recognize the butt cells and your mouth cells. They go, come on, let them in. So he starts wiggling it, and, and he tells the nurse, he says, oh, boy, we got a tight one. I said, damn right I'm tight. I'm, I'm tight in the economy, if you want to know it. He finally gets it one inch in there, and, and oh, uh, it's, yeah, you know what I mean. It's a... Uh, my eyes are watering, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. He said, you know, it'll feel better uh, the further I go in. I go, I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> he goes in two inches and it ain't feeling better. And, and, he, and he's wiggling and I, I begin to giggle like a schoolgirl because uh, I guess that's what you're supposed to do. But let me tell you, he says, whoopsie daisy. And I said, I'm Mexican, I don't know what that means. It, 
He puts it in three inches, and something really strange happened. At the, it felt good. It, it did. It, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, I was all confused. I started to second guess my life. I said, "Well, maybe I've been living a lie. I don't know. Uh, maybe I should go to the parades and then uh, feng shui my room or." Or do some of the things that, that they're supposed to do. And uh, like everything else in life, the minute it, uh, it started to feel good, it was over. <laughs> he, he was pulling out, and this time my butt became like Chinese handcuffs. I, I didn't want to let go. I said, uh, hold on. I mean, uh, why are you rushing? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. And, and he pulled it out, and I, I felt used. And... Uh, but if you're Latino, uh, you know, we have the highest uh, rate of, of cancer because we, like African-Americans, Latinos, you know, we, we like to eat a lot of fried food. And Well, Mexicans, we refry it. It ain't fried enough for us. <laughs> so if you are around my age, go get it done. Don't take no chances. All jokes aside, because I, I'm going to go again tomorrow. I, I don't know, but uh, can't take no chances, you know. <laughs> it's the way it is. I guess we are, we're living in a dangerous world, you know. You can't turn on TV without something, you know, Ebola. You know, now when I fly, man, I, I got wear like a doctor's mask, you know. I, I, I like to give physicals to people sitting next to me, you know. They begin to cough, fuck it, I'm moving, uh, you know. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, it's afraid of uh, death, death, that's... That's really what the fear is, you know, other than, than being my age. Uh, for those of you that are gonna be 60, eventually I'll tell you what it feels like. It, uh, um, every day is a struggle. You gotta stop from walking like an old man because before you know it, you, you're, you're walking like, you know, your neck won't move no more. You know, somebody whistles as you gotta turn the whole body. You know, what the? Well, you're talking to me? Uh, your neck was high. Shit, it's, it's a blast. Uh, sex? <laughs> it happens. Uh, not that often. I get erections at the most uh, unappropriate times. You know, I'll be in church and uh, this lady look at me and I go, what? I, I like the sermon. What's your problem? You know? It was very inspiring. Um, now when I masturbate, all I think about is all the money I'm saving because uh, it's expensive. Am I right, fellas? I'm going, oh, that's $300 right there. You know, it's a, with the economy and all. <laughs> I am excited to be here in Gotham, the center of the comedic universe. I'm not just saying that because they're paying me and I'm reading it. No, I'm saying it because New York has a vibe, you know? It's, it's like the world, it's the capital of the world. You walk down the street and hear every language known to mankind. And you realize some languages are not romantic at all, you know? Some, how anybody romances anyone in German is really beyond me. Ich bin Eindig. That would make my testicles go up. You know, I like to watch like Asian, you know, Japanese, such a strong language. And I'm going, what the hell is that? You know, and the women are so feminine and so docile. You know, it's a. Uh, hey, it gets the job done, I guess, you know. The most romantic language is Portuguese. Any Portuguese people? Oh, man. Am I right? Am I right, Brazil? Yeah, I, I got an erection now already, and uh, she's there. Uh, but that's what's it all about. Folks, one day, years from now, when we all intermarry, when blacks, whites, and Asians, and everybody, when we all become Filipinos, we're gonna be a, a better class of people. We'll find some other reasons to hate each other. But today, there's nothing but love here. It is my privilege to bring on some of these comedians. They, they are, uh, they're hot, they're, they're new, they're, they know what's happening. And uh, I'd like to bring on the first comedian for the evening. Uh, not right now, though. I, I'd like to bring him on later. <laughs> right now, I would just like to tease you, but uh, I don't know what I was saying. You know, dementia is one of the things that happens when, when you have to be my age. Uh, you, you think you read a sign that said, bring him on, and then all of a sudden it says, don't. But <laughs> that's just me, because we're live. Are we live? Yes, we're live. 
We'll be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Monty Franklin is taking the stage when we return. Welcome back to the Access TV presentation of Gotham Comedy Live. More laughs happening right now. All right. You know, you are the best and you deserve the best. And we have to go far to find this man. He comes from down under, from the Australia with love. Here he is. You've seen him on many shows. Please, uh, Rob Schneider TV show. You might remember him. Please welcome Mr. Rob, I was going to say Rob Schneider. Please welcome Mr. Monty of Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. How you going, guys? Are you good? All right. Thank you for having me. I am from Australia. I've said some stupid stuff in your country. I really have. Here's the, this, this is the worst thing I've said, okay? I said this the other night. I was out doing a gig. I was the only white person there, okay? The whole audience was black. Every comedian on was black. Now, in Australia, we don't have a lot of black people. I think they're cool. I was trying to act cool with these guys backstage, okay? They were talking about smoking weed. I didn't know how to get involved in the conversation. And I said this, I can't believe I said this, all right? One of the guys was sitting there rolling a joint and he looked up at me and he goes, hey bro, do you burn? And I seriously said, ah, no, no, I, uh, I wear sunscreen. And As I said it, my brain's gone, no, you idiot! It means do you smoke weed? It's got nothing to do with your complexion, leave the room! <laughs> but I had a good night with these guys, they were fun. At the end of the night, one of the comedians comes up to me and goes, hey man, nice meeting you. Went to shake my hand. Now in Australia, you shake someone's hand like this. That's it. <laughs> no other moves or anything. You've all lived here your whole lives. You can make a judgment on someone and go, huh, he's probably a flick and a twist kind of guy. And you can bluff your way through. I don't know what I'm doing, okay? So I go to shake this guy's hand. He started doing his moves. I panicked and went, oh, what the fuck's going on here? And I went like this. I did that. What the hell am I doing that for? What am I, in point break? I knew that was wrong. I looked at him and I panicked even more and just went, uh... I'm an idiot. I grew up thinking my father was an idiot. I did. I'd sit there in the back seat of the car, two sisters with me, my mum in the passenger seat, my dad driving. I'd just look at him and go, this guy's an idiot. What does he do? He doesn't do anything. He's just sitting there, he just sits there driving like this. He doesn't say a word. My mum calls the shots. She tells us what to do, tells him what to do. He's just sitting there and every now and then he'll just be like, oh yes, yes dear, yes dear. And then just back that. And I remember sitting there looking at him thinking, is this what I have to look forward to? Is this is what I'm gonna turn into? And then it happened to me. I've been dating this girl for about a year now. We went to the airport to pick up a friend of hers. She hadn't seen her friend in a while. Her friend was coming in from overseas. We're waiting there at the airport. She was stuck going through customs, which by the way, is terrifying for any foreigner coming into your country, going through customs, okay? I've even seen American people waiting in line shitting themselves. I'm from here, I've got a passport here, but I don't think they're gonna let me in, I don't know. <laughs> Every time I go through there, I'm the most polite person in the world to the person asking me questions. I'm just, yes, sir, yes, sir. And then as soon as I go through, I don't know what it is. There's something in my head and I walk through and go, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> like I got away with something. I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just, I think everyone does that. Have you ever been driving along and seen the cops in your rear view mirror and the lights are on and you're like, oh no, no, I can't afford this. And you go to pull over and they drive past you and you just go, ha ha, suckers. <laughs> like you're committing crime, like you're evading the law. 
No, you're not. So anyway, we're waiting there for her friend to come out. She was taking ages. She finally got into the car. We're driving along. They hadn't seen each other in a while. The conversation they had was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was along the lines of my girlfriend going, did you know at Urban Outfitters I'm a size small and then at Forever 21 I'm a medium? And her friend going, oh my God, at Forever 21 I'm a small and at Urban Outfitters I'm a medium. And I was just looking at him going, what the fuck is going on right now? And I found myself just do this as I was driving along. And in that moment, I realised what my father was doing all those years ago. He was just blocking out the insanity that was sitting next to him. Just living in his own world. Every now and then just saying something to let my mum know he was paying attention when he wasn't. And there's only three things, guys, you need to say to let your girl know you're paying attention when you're not. Three things. The first thing, all you need to say is, I know. Bang. <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> Second thing. Oh, that must be frustrating. <laughs> and the third thing. Oh, that Becky, she's such a bitch. <laughs> now, you'll have to insert your own name there. For me, it's Becky, okay? Find out who your girl hangs shit on the most. It's probably her best friend, okay? And just insert her name. And you can just live in your own little world. My father was a genius. He was at... <laughs> he, had, he had this at such a high ninja level. I am not there yet. Not there. I have much to learn. He wouldn't even listen to a thing my mum said. He would just wait for trigger words. And a very good trigger word, guys, if your girl ever says, right, just straight away, I know, bang. <laughs> Squashed. And just in your own little world. And you know what we're thinking when we're in that little world, girls? Suckers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My uh, girlfriend took me to a place called Sephora. <laughs> Don't go there, guys. It's not for us. I like to think I'm an open-minded guy. can find something. I didn't know what was going on in that store. I didn't understand what was happening. I walked through there and she goes, oh, here's a face curler. Here's a uh, something else. I don't know. I found myself just out the front of this store, like staring at my own feet, because that was more interesting than anything in that store. And there was like five other guys standing there with me. And this happens a lot. Guys will just congregate out the front of these stores. And you girls probably wonder what we do. We don't talk to each other, okay? We have an arrangement, don't we, guys? This is, that's your own personal reflection time. You just stand there and carry seven bags from different stores like an idiot and just quietly look at your feet. And girls, don't take us into a lingerie store either, okay? You think we like it? We don't. Because if you take us into a lingerie store and you walk more than three feet away from us, we are just a guy alone in a lingerie store. And then we're just like, oh, what's that? Oh, what are you wearing? Like, we don't want to turn in that guy, but we do. We don't mean to. We don't tip in Australia, and I know you guys tip here, and we, I know you think we're tight asses for not tipping. This is why, okay? A waiter, waitress in Australia gets paid $30 an hour. They, they don't need our tip. So I come here, and I realise now it's 20% or it's a dollar a drink at a bar. I get that. But I cannot leave the dollar on the bar without getting credit for the tip <laughs> from the bartender. I need him to see it and validate it. Like, I can't just leave it and walk away. I have to wait till he turns around. I do this slow, like, ah, there you go. There's your dollar. Enjoy. There's too many people that want tips, and I don't know who. There's a, there's a guy in the toilet. 
I know how to wash my hands, dude. I'm 30 years old. What are you doing? You're just scaring me. You got gums and potions? What are you, a wizard? You... It's like you've set up a little CVS store in there. And what happens is I just end up not washing my hands because he scares me. I go in there and I go, oh shit, it's one of them, and I just piss. And the whole time I'm thinking, how can I get away with this? What do I do? And then I end up just going, oh, hey, and just walking out. I'm disgusting. Guys, my name's Monty Franklin. Thank you very much for having me. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, Regina DiCicco is taking the stage. We return. Welcome back to the Access TV presentation of Gotham Comedy Live. More laughs right now. Yes, we are. All right, uh, it's time now to have uh, a lady, a feminine, uh, a woman, right? What do you say, ladies? Here she is representing. This is her first, this is her uh, live TV debut, so be gentle. Her name is Regina DeChico. Big news, everybody, big news. I just got engaged. Yes. And as soon as I got engaged, everyone, I found out that I am a lot more superficial than I thought. Okay, because you know, I found the guy, right? The one. The last thing I was thinking about was the ring, right? Because I had found true love. And you can't put a price tag on that. But then I saw the ring. Right. And I was like, gimme, 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 gimme! Now here's the thing, I had eyeballed it, right? I could tell it was like two sizes too small. I didn't care. I shoved that sucker on! And it got stuck. I wound up in the emergency room and the doctor was like, you were gonna have to decide between saving your ring or your finger. Right, and I was like, doc, can I just get a second? <laughs> And that's when I realized it was no longer about my fiance, right? Like it was all about this ring. If a homeless pedophile with full-blown AIDS and a lazy eye had gotten down on one knee with this ring, I would have been like, all in. Uh, you guys may have noticed by now, it sounds like my voice fell down the stairs. Yeah, I'm well aware, I'm well aware, but you know who's not, you guys, 70-year-old ladies, right? I know, I just did a benefit for them, not one laugh. Then I heard them talking in the front row. Her voice doesn't sound odd to me, Agatha. <laughs> me neither. Right, you guys, it took them a lifetime of smoking to sound that way, right? People always think I smoke, but I'm young. I would have had to have been smoking on the playground. <laughs> Is this line for the slide ever gonna move? Is it me or does recess get shorter? Every year. Right, but I did sound like that on the playground. So it was impossible for me to call my friends growing up. Could Stephanie sleep over? Regina from class. You sick fuck. Tell Steph to pack up her PJs and meet me on the playground. I'll kill you, you pervert. Right, awful, you guys, awful. Oh man, so I always struggle with my weight, you guys, right? But if I wanna know how I'm doing, I don't like to go by the scales, right? I don't like to go by how my clothes fit. I like to go by the reaction of my Jamaican doorman. Right, because for a while I was hitting the gym hard. Right, and Albert pulled me aside. And he was like, men in the Caribbean don't like it when women lose a lot of weight. 
but I saw him yesterday and he was like, men in my country would line up for you. I was like, shit, I have to get back to the gym. Learned that lesson the hard way. Man. But I am, I'm not good at being romantic, you guys. I'm not, like an ex-boyfriend told me the movie Titanic made him think of us. And I was like, oh, like that time we went on a cruise and you died, right? Like I, I just don't get it. Um, so where I really shine, you guys, is the bedroom, right? Candles, why? The lights are on and it's a fire hazard. <laughs> I don't need lotion. I am already sweaty. <laughs> and silk pajamas, they don't breathe. <laughs> like I said, I am already sweaty. <laughs> right, but you guys, my fiance called me out on it. So I decided to consult the experts, right, Cosmo. I was like, okay, what he's thinking. All right, would you turn him on? So I decided to whisper sweet nothings in his ear while he was sleeping. All I want to be is closer to you. Your eyes sparkle brighter than the stars. You guys, my fiance woke up in a cold sweat, panicking, okay, thinking he was being raped by Harvey Firestein. I mean, so I live on the Upper West Side, you guys. I don't know if you're familiar with the Upper West Side. It's full of nannies and babies, right? Not moms and babies, nannies and babies, right? So it's a beautiful day today, right? I was on the Upper West Side. I saw this nanny pushing a stroller. And while she was pushing a stroller, she was doing a scratch-off ticket. And all I wanted was for that nanny to get three pots of gold and be like, fuck you, baby! <laughs> So my roommate just broke up with her boyfriend of two years, and now she's in that post-relationship whore phase. So every night she's bringing home a different guy that she met at the gym. So in order to keep track, I started swiping them in. Right, giving them a towel, a locker for their stuff. We're like, have a good workout, don't forget to hydrate. Right, and if it sounds like they're struggling, I run in and I spot them. Right, come on, think of dead puppies, your grandma naked, you got this! And then I stretch them out and I send them home, right? But something's not going right, you guys, because no one has been back after the free trial membership. Yikes. Um, so I was watching cartoons the other day, you guys. Old school Saturday morning cartoons, right? Our cartoons. Yes. And I had a realization. Okay, I think that kids are soft today because their cartoons are soft, right? Like if you think about it, today they got Dora the Explorer, right? Dora's best friend is Boots, right? And every, oh my God, with the stupid sir. It's my show, um, that's fine. So Dora the Explorer, best friend is Boots, right? And Boots will do anything she wants, right? That's not real, right? We had Yogi and Yogi's best friend was Boo Boo, right? And Boo Boo was always like, Yogi, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Ranger's not gonna like that, right? That's real. Tom and Jerry, they, they were together 24 seven. They were always trying to kill each other, right? That's real. You guys, if Scooby-Doo happened today, Shaggy would have a peanut allergy, <laughs> right? And that's just sad. He'd be like, Scoob, when you make that giant sandwich, make sure you put it on the gluten-free bread. You know I got the celiac soings. Only Scooby didn't wash before he made that sandwich. There's traces of peanut in Scooby snacks. Shaggy's having an allergic reaction. Scooby can't use an EpiPen. He has paws. That, that episode ends with the mystery machine on the way to the emergency room. Right, and nobody wants to watch that. Nobody. Now you guys, I need to let you in on a secret. You guys, my voice does what it wants, when it wants. Right, I used to work at Eyewitness News. One day we went out for drinks and everybody was like, Regina, dear Cartman, dear Eric Cartman from South Park. And I was like, what? No, I don't. They were like, no, you slip into it all the time. <laughs> you guys, that means that I was on important phone calls like, uh-huh, yes. 
And then you gotta look at the perp. I see, 6'2", 200 pounds. Black, <laughs> nice pass. Were there any cheesy poofs at the scene of the crime? Okay, if you have any information, call 1-800-SUCK-MY-BOSS. I'm Regina Chico, you guys. Thanks so much. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Don McHenry is taking the stage when we return. Nothing but the best for you. This uh, young man was uh, nominated for an Emmy on Seinfeld, so you're going to love this. Please welcome Mr. Don McHenry. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Oh, keep it going. I won't have to do any jokes then. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. I, I gotta, let me ask you this. Everybody's up in arms these days about the same-sex marriage. That's all I'm hearing about, same-sex marriage. Everybody's fighting about it. I, I have been married to my wife uh, for 27 years, and we've been having the same sex for a long time. I don't know why I have to sign a petition to continue this. Go on. How about, hey, let's shake up the sex a little bit marriage. How about that petition? How about some sex marriage? Could we have that? That would be good. A lot of comedians talk about their sex life. I am not. I don't talk about my... My sex life is private. It's very, very private. I am the only one who knows about it. <laughs> Thank you. Letting everybody get that at one time. It's... Here's the thing I'm uh, kind of pissed off. Uh, Governor Christie, the guy in uh, New Jersey, blocks traffic on the, uh, the George Washington Bridge, ties up traffic, hundreds of thousands of people, hours and hours, and he still has his job. Now, a couple of years ago, yeah, thank you, you can agree. He agrees. I don't care what you do. As long as he agrees. That's, that's, that's why I'm in the business, ladies and gentlemen. But on the other hand, uh, Elliot Spitzer was the governor of New York, and he had to resign because he was caught with a hooker. They are not, they are not equal. That was a, personally, I've never been with a hooker. Professionally, yes. <laughs> but I don't think that this guy should have to uh, resign. Hey, uh, the thing about Elliot Spitzer, this did get to me, uh, the hooker he had was $28,000 for one night. $28,000 for one night. That's like a sin. That man could have had 28 fantastic hookers for that much money. Thousand bucks a pop, I'm sure, is a pretty good hooker. He could have celebrated the month of February. It's a hooker a night. And every four years, he's got to pony up for another one. That's... To read about these two women who were kicked off the Southwest flight, Southwest kicked two women off the plane because they were kissing. That's all they were doing. They were kissing before the plane left. They kicked them off. They said that is inappropriate behavior. That's what they said, inappropriate behavior. I think those women should sue. I'll tell you this. If I were on an airplane and I saw two women making out, I'd have been the one kicked off for inappropriate behavior. <laughs> Be a, be a completely different story. Be like, hey, stewardess, could I get a cleanup here in 25B? <laughs> and, and could you wipe off the back of the head of the guy in 24B? <laughs> and, and 23B? I got 20, a little on 23B. <laughs> and uh, I got a bit of a hook, so could you get 21F? That'll be good. I realized recently I am the opposite of homophobic. Here's what happened to me. I'm in an elevator with a friend of mine, another guy, and there's a third guy in the elevator. That guy gets off the elevator. My friend said that that guy was checking him out. And in my head, I'm going, well, why was he checking him out? I'm a better looking guy. Well, 
the heck is the matter with me? I realize I don't care who finds me attractive as long as somebody does. So I have, a, I have a theological question to ask you. I have a theological question to ask you, and uh, this is uh, a lot of people don't know not feel, you know, they get, they get a little upset. I need this over here. But uh, I'm driving down the highway the other day, and the car in front of me has a bumper sticker on it that says, I'm driving with Jesus. You know that bumper sticker, I'm driving with Jesus? It's very popular. Here's my question. If I have that bumper sticker, can I use the carpool lane? <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know the answer. I think it's worth a try. Because even if you get pulled over, you just roll down the window and go, Hey, officer, uh, have you met our Lord? What's, what's in the bottle? Well, it was water. <laughs> For that. <laughs> Donald Trump. I saw Donald Trump the other day. I hate Donald Trump. I do. I, you know who I hate worse than Donald Trump? His two sons, Eric and Donald Jr. I'm not making this up. They went hunting in Africa, shot and killed an elephant. They killed an elephant. I'm not even against hunting. Go shoot a moose. A lot of moose out there. There are not a lot of elephants. Elephants are endangered. They're also very intelligent. Scientists have uh, discovered very recently that elephants are more intelligent than Donald Trump's two sons. <laughs> Uh, they're always working. I'm surprised more people don't know. They had one little press conference and it never uh, came up again. Donald defended his sons. He goes, they've been hunting since they were children. And I looked it up. They went hunting, and the first time they went hunting, they were 8 and 10 years old. On their first hunting trip, they killed a badger and they skinned it, and they gave that to Donald, and he's been wearing it on his head ever since. <laughs> nice of him. He also said, I am not a hunter, but my sons are hunters, and they are good at it. What do you mean they're good at it? They shot an elephant. How do you miss an elephant? You don't have to be Annie Oakley to shoot an elephant. Anybody could shoot an elephant. Stevie Wonder could shoot an elephant, ladies and gentlemen. Stevie Wonder would not shoot an elephant. We need a new Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, besides being the, one of the greatest singers and songwriters, he is also our go-to guy as a blind reference guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not something he set out to do, but that is where he is. You know, like you go, hey, nice shirt. Did uh, Stevie Wonder buy that for you? <laughs> and before that, it was Ray Charles in the 50s and 60s. Hey, Ray Charles would have seen that coming. <laughs> 20s and 30s, it was Helen Keller. <laughs> really, and, and Helen Keller was blind and deaf, so she was a double reference. She would, uh, they, you could use her twice. Hey, you know, you go in a noisy room. Helen Keller said, could you keep it down in here? And uh, did she buy you that shirt? <laughs> That's why we need a new person. Stevie's like 60-something years old. Now, he ain't going to live forever. We need somebody who is your kids and your grandkids going to use as a reference. I got to figure it figured out. Uh, we poke out Justin Bieber's eyes. <laughs> I usually get a lot of support on that. So I saw uh, this thing the other day. This uh, pizza place in Washington State is serving, selling pot-infused pizza. Pot-infused. This is a genius idea. <laughs> this is... No, but listen. This is food that while you're eating it, you get hungry. <laughs> you go in there and go, you know, I'm really not that hungry. Uh, just let me have a slice. Halfway through that slice, you're going, hey, let me have another slice. <laughs> I saw these scientists on CNN the other day. They're studying marijuana. They're doing a five-year study of pot to find out whether is pot uh, addictive or not. That's what they want to know. Is pot addictive? I could save them a lot of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I have smoked pot every single day, morning, noon, and night, for the past 30 years. Okay. And I'm not addicted. Pot. 
Pot's a much more sociable drug than booze. You could be anywhere in the world alone, friendless, not know a soul. If you're at some event standing near somebody smoking a joint, they will always go, here, do you want a hit? And I will say, yes, that's why I'm standing near you. <laughs> you can't do that with booze. You can't walk up to a stranger at a bar and go, hey, uh, uh, can I get a sip? <laughs> you guys are terrific. My name's Donald McHenry. Thanks, folks. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, Rick Younger is taking the stage when we return. A lot of you are saying, uh, where's the brother? The brother's coming up right now. Very funny. Please welcome him. He's a regular on the Today Show. Please welcome Mr. Rick Younger. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel the love, everybody. Thank you so much. Oh, all right. I don't have a bunch of time. Calm it down. Let's get this thing going. All right, all right. I just want y'all to know. As I look out over the crowd, you guys are like a representation of New York to me, because as I look out over the crowd, I see cultural diversity. That's one of the things I love about living in New York. New York is so culturally diverse to you always see things that just totally shoot holes in all the stereotypes. And I saw something not too long ago that really touched me. I was on a subway platform at 59th Street and Columbus Circle, and I saw three Asian tap dancers. <laughs> oh yeah, they were, they were getting down too. They doing tricks and things. I mean, people are walking by, putting down their money. I mean, even black folks are walking by going, look at those Asian tap dancers. <laughs> and it inspired me, inspired me so much I came back a couple of days later with a couple of my boys and we started doing martial arts. <laughs> Now we're doing Tai Bo and Tai Chi, and they're tapping, and now we're having this cultural exchange of Asian tap dancers and black martial artists, and people are walking by, putting down their money, and then we robbed them. Because we didn't want them to think we had small penises. That's right, one stereotype at a time, people. Rome was not built in a day. Oh man, I hope y'all having a good time tonight, but really, I don't care that much. No, because I'm just happy to be out of the house, people. Because I got a five-year-old back at home. Oh, yeah. So, ah, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when you got a five-year-old, you're just happy to be around other adults. Because I'm here to tell you, five-year-old is the closest thing you ever find to an animal. Yeah, because they're, they're primal at that age. And my son, all his energy, all his emotions, right there on the edge. He's just like constantly like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, I think he's putting in that last-ditch effort fighting against being domesticated. <laughs> no, what it really is, is he's still dealing with the terrible twos. And I know what y'all are saying, Rick, you told us he's five years old. What do you mean he's still dealing with the terrible twos? See, people think terrible twos starts on the second birthday, ends on the third birthday. No. Terrible twos starts sometime during the year your child turns two, and I think it ends around like 18 when they move out of your house. <laughs> yeah, and you can't beat kids these days. You know that you can't beat kids. Yeah, people always look at me like I'm evil because then I say, oh, he's an evil man. He wants to beat kids. You damn right I want to beat kids. <laughs> Everybody who has kids wants to beat kids. You may never beat your kid, but you want to beat your kid. I mean, who doesn't want to beat kids? I mean, it's an easy win. Who doesn't want to fight somebody they know they can win against? And my wife had to explain it to me. See, my wife is white. She explained it to me. She said, Ricky, see, what you don't understand is that when white people, when we hear beat, we think of a different level of ass whipping. <laughs> see, black folks, we use beat to cover everything. All forms of corporal punishment is just beat. <laughs> yeah, see, people hear me say beat, they think I want to punch my son in the face. <laughs> well, I do want to punch my son in the face. <laughs> but I would never punch my son in the face. But you got to realize that your kid will do things that if an actual adult had done the same exact thing, you'd have to fight them. <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example. A couple of years ago, when my son was still dealing with the whole potty training thing, he's sitting in the living room watching his favorite TV show, Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> he's all in, he's focused, he's watching Yo Gabba Gabba. But halfway through Yo Gabba Gabba, he starts leaning to the side like, oh, what is going on on Yo Gabba Gabba? <laughs> he is pooping his pants. But now all of a sudden he doesn't want to poop on him, so he gets up in the middle of my living room, starts to pull down his diaper, pull up whatever the hell he had on at the time, starts to pull it off and just drops a huge hunk of shit in the middle of my white rug. 
Now I got to explain to him that he can drop a huge chunk of shit in the middle of my white road, but I can't hit him and I can't say the word shit. I'm like, you what? what did you poop on my rug? You do not poop, don't you ever poop on my rug. Oh, I wish this was the 70s. I wish this was the 70s. Uh, so my wife is white, everybody. Got a white wife, my wife is white. Well, that's how I like to describe it. We live in the racial exchange program at my house. Yeah, me and my wife, we're the perfect example of a real black man married to a real white woman. You probably want to know what that means. Well, you should see our wedding pictures. It's me and my black groomsmen, her and her white bridesmaids. Yeah. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. You've seen Baltimore on TV, The Wire, Homicide, Life on the Street, 80% black, Baltimore, Maryland. My wife is from Oklahoma. Yeah, so when I go to visit my wife's family, I get off the plane, my feet hit the ground, black population rises by 100%. So we have learned a lot. We have learned a lot being together. We made a lot of observations. One of the things we've, we've observed, one of the things we've learned is this. Black people think everything is about race. And it is. But white people think nothing is about race. Oh, and it's so frustrating. I had to explain to my wife, look, baby, I've been black long enough. You've got to trust my black spidey senses. You've got to trust my black spidey senses. Y'all, black spidey senses, that's that innate ability as a black person to know that something is racial. Most of the time you can't prove it because most of the time the evidence is circumstantial, but trust me, baby, it's racial. Trust my black spidey senses. And we learned this early in our relationship because when we were dating, we lived a block away from each other. One night, I'm going to go visit my wife. I step out to go out the house. I, go, I put on my black skull cap and a, a black coat because it's cold. I step outside, I turn the corner. First thing I see is a white woman walking by herself. My black spidey senses went off like crazy. I got so afraid, so I started to pray. I'm like, dear God, please do not let this white woman turn around and see me. But to show you that God has a sense of humor, at that very moment she turns around, her eyes get huge. And she starts to do that run-walk thing, you know? It's like, it's not running, but it really is running. But it doesn't qualify as running because she's abiding by the Olympic rule where as long as one foot stays on the ground at all times, it's not running. So she's moving. And I'm like, dear God, please do not let me catch up with this white woman. But I was taller than her, you know? So I'm, you know, and it's like she's moving as fast as she can and I'm gaining on her. It's like she was living her worst black zombie apocalypse nightmare. She's moving like this and I'm just like, Ch -ch 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 she got so afraid till she ran up into the doorway of a building she obviously did not live in. I could see it down there like, oh God, please don't let me in. Oh my God, oh my God. It took all with me not just go to her and say, hey lady, I'm going to go see a white woman. It's just not you. So I get to my wife's apartment. She's like, Ricky, Ricky, what happened? I was like, baby, I can't believe this. On the way over here, I just scared the hell out of a white woman with my mere black existence. She's like, Ricky, I don't know if that was racial. You know, cause, cause I'm a woman and I go out at night and I see a man, I don't care if he's black or white. You know, I, I get afraid. I'm like, yeah, but she was running down the street going, please don't kill me, nigga, please don't kill me. I think it was racial. But I understand the fear. I understand where the fear comes from. Cause if you watch television and film, you get the idea. You watch media, you get the idea that black men are menaces to society. I know it's true because there is a movie called Menace to Society with black men in it being menaces to society. So I understand the fear. But you gotta understand that black people, we watch those same movies. So when I'm walking down the street and I see a black guy, I'm just as scared as you are. So I gotta act like I'm not scared. I see a black guy walking towards me, I'm like, oh man, this nigga gonna rob me. He sees me walking, like, oh man, this nigga gonna rob me. And we walking towards each other. Both of us wanna cross the street, but we can't because we know whoever crosses the street now has to get robbed by the other guy, because that's the rule. So we keep walking and we finally, like, just almost like two dogs circling each other until we get up to each other and we finally get up the nerve and we just give the head nod and we fart. And we farted because we almost shed our pants. But since the robbery didn't go down, that was our ass giving a sigh of relief. I want to thank y'all for allowing me to take y'all on that uh, racial safari. Uh, but hey, I, 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 okay. only, I, only, I ain't got that much time. So I just want to say, uh, I'm going to leave y'all with what I like to call Rick Younger's words of wisdom. I'm Rick Younger, in case y'all wondering, who the hell is Rick Younger? And why should we listen to his words? So listen up. Word of wisdom number one, people. Remember, a penny saved is a penny earned, unless you stole it. So don't steal. 
See, y'all are good people because, you know, sometimes I play rough crowds. I always have one guy in the back is like, Rick, robbing people is hard work. You know? Word of wisdom number two, people. Remember, one monkey don't stop no show. Unless, of course, it's a one monkey show with no monkey understudy. And finally, my last word of wisdom goes out to the ladies. Ladies, remember, a good man is hard to find. Especially when he's hiding from you. My name is Rick Younger. You've been beautiful. Good night. Stay tuned for more laughs on Access TV. Live from the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. And there it is. There's the hour already, huh? Your best. Please help me. Please help me welcome the comics tonight. Let's hear it. Come on over here. There they are. Morning Franklin. Here she is, Regina DeChico, Donna Henry, and of course, Rick Younger. We are the United Nations. Thank you very much. Yeah.